What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BJM Radio, episode number 276. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. We both cover the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 2-0, baby, after spanking the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football in front of a national audience. Week 3 upcoming, and who's right around the bend? Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders down in Landover, Maryland. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Jimmy, I'm doing well. Just ate 10 hot dogs last night. 10. A dollar. <laughs> okay. Uh, Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies came back and won. So big win for the Phils. Oh, was that one per? That was extra innings, right? So what would you do one per inning? I mean, I didn't do it at that pace. I don't think. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. It's tough when you slow down like that. I just did. I did eight. And then I bought a couple more to get to 10. Um, so good job by me. If you want some meat <laughs> snacks, not hot dogs, better than hot dogs, you go to righteousselling.com and use discount code BGN20 from now to the end of the month. We're, we're slowly approaching or fastly approaching, rapidly approaching, I feel like, the end of September. So if you want to use that discount code, 20% off instead of 15, you got to do it now. BGN20 at righteousselling.com. But Jimmy, enough of that. I mean... Desperately needed before we move on. Desperately needed win by the Phillies. Desperately uh, needed over the after, to break Blue the five game losing streak. For more Phillies talk, thegoodfight.com, our SB Nation uh, sister site. John Stolness does a lot of good work over there. Uh, but yes, Jimmy, honestly, who cares about the Phillies right now? With all due respect, <laughs> because the Eagles are two and zero, coming off a big win, like you said. And I feel like there's probably no more appropriate place to start than. How about Aaron Sipos running down that uh, tackle? <laughs> for the, uh, you know, the Google Underrated big play by Aaron. Yeah. But yeah, I know where you're going here. Obviously, the, the performance by Jalen Hurts in this game was, I mean, you would agree it's probably the best performance of his career, right? His professional career. Yeah, I don't think, what's second? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't maybe. Think. So like the first half of that Broncos game last okay. year, he was really good. I agree. And then the second half. Um, they're kind of protecting the lead. I, th- I know he threw at least one pick in that game, but, but, but was it two that he threw? He threw a, a drop pick or a near pick at some point in there. The Saints game last year was impressive. He made a lot of highlight reel plays in that game, but a lot of them were, were with his legs mm-hmm. and things. You know, <laughs> there we've quibbled quibbled in the past about him not putting together like a complete game, uh, both as a runner and a passer. But as a passer in this game. Mm. He was fantastic. And what the problem, the problem that opposing defenses are going to face with him moving forward is that he was so good against the Vikings zone defense. 
Like he was, he was reading their defense well, and he was putting, he was putting the ball. This, his accuracy in this game was better than I've seen him, uh, you know, have in, in any other game of his career. He was putting the ball in the right spot. He was on the same page with his wide receivers. They knew exactly where to sit down in the zones. Um, he was giving, he was giving chances, his wide receivers chances to get yards after the catch with his ball placement, but he was just shredding their zone defense. And if he can continue to do that, that's going to be a big problem for opposing defenses because if you don't play zone defense against him, he's such a threat as a scrambler. Zone defense allows the defense to kind of keep their eyes on on, the, on a mobile quarterback like mm-hmm. him. Whereas if you're playing man, you're chasing the receiver all over the field and you can't do that as well, of course. So eye-opening performance by him. You have written down here in the show notes that it was a ceiling-raising performance. Yeah. And uh, I agree with that. So before the season began, we kind of looked at him and we went, what is his ceiling? Like we thought that his floor was reasonably high, yes. but we but we wondered what can what is his realistic ceiling? And he showed on Monday night that maybe we underestimated what his ceiling can possibly be. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we saw this in training camp to this level. I really don't. No. Um, I, I think you can say, again, yeah, there's signs of improvement. But to this extent, I mean, I don't think you can say that. Um, but it's a very good development for the Eagles and the Eagles fans. This is the kind of performance I wanted to see from him, him Jimmy. Like, I leave no doubt, nothing to quibble about. Like, just, just like, mm-hmm. in your face kind of, like, I'm really good. Or this is really good. There's nothing you can pick apart. Um, nothing you can even really nitpick too much at. So, uh, all the credit in the world to Jalen Hurts for pulling that off. I just thought, like, the throws he were att- attempting were, like, throws I don't, I don't even know if I've seen them attempt before. Like yeah, the, and again, he, I wrote in the show notes as well. Like even his incompletions, which there weren't many of them, were impressive. Like the throw he had to Goddard that everyone saw, where there's like three defenders nearby, and he's putting it right where only Goddard can possibly make a play on it, and Goddard gets his hands on it. It's just that uh, what Cameron Dantzler like knocks it out. It's a good pass breakup. Like yeah, and then there was the throw along the left sideline where Hertz was rolling left, which is obviously not his uh, dominant mm-hmm. side. Uh, and it's Quez Watkins down the sideline and gets wiped out by, by a holding penalty, but like it's still a really good throw. So uh, I thought Jalen Hurts was sensational in this game. It does raise the Eagles' ceiling in terms of being like a legitimate Super Bowl contender, especially in a weak NFC. Um, this was Jalen Hurts is in the MVP conversation early on, like, but to me, I have to say, like, this performance did it for me more. Like, the, the week one performance was fine again. I, I just kind of wondered. Um, I, I wanted to see more. That's honestly how I'd put it. It left me wanting to see more. Like, okay, that's good, but I still want to see more. And he delivered. He absolutely showed us more this week. Yeah, if he plays this way consistently over the course of the season, he's a top five quarterback, like no doubt about it uh, in the NFL. Of course, hard to do that. <laughs> we'll see how he plays going forward, of course. But you mentioned the two throws that, I thought those those were his two best throws and they didn't count. <laughs> the his best throw was the one to Quez on the sideline. Um, or Quez had a nice catch on that too at the yeah. toe drag. And then Goddard, I actually asked Hertz <laughs> on <heard> this. <laughs> Wednesday. You were you listening you were listening yeah. in on that? So yeah. I asked him, uh, is that a t- is that a pass that you only attempt if you're kind of feeling it uh during a game? He wanted to know part of that question. <laughs> I don't he know said, why. Like <laughs> I'm just playing ball. Like, <laughs> I'm just playing ball. Uh, but it was a pass that I mean, there were three rece- there were three defenders right around Goddard, and he put that pass in the perfect spot up high where Goddard could get it in between the three defenders, and Goddard almost made a really nice catch on that. But as you mentioned, Dancer was able to knock that out. Um, 
great throw to Quez on the deep ball, in my opinion. Uh, that was a, 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 by the way, Shane Steichen has done a phenomenal job calling these games mm-hmm. too. Like the, they're running, they're running concepts like one after the next where they'll show, they'll show something on one play and then they'll run like sort of the next level off that play mm-hmm. uh, later in the game. I think he's done a phenomenal job that they, that the play call on the deep ball to Quez uh, against quarters coverage where they had, I think it was Goddard running sort of an out route uh, deep, deeper down the field and Quez just taking it straight up the field, put those uh, two defensive backs sort of in a bind 24 bit. The cheese came up on yep. Goddard, tried to take that away and oops, Quez oops, right down the field. Good throw by Hertz, like 60 yards in the air. I'd say something like that. Um, showed a little bit of, of his arm strength on, on that play and uh, did sort of the arms crossed. I'm the man kind of pose yeah. uh, uh, after that play. So a little swag from, from Hertz uh, after that play as well. But yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, there's, there's no other way to put it. He was outstanding in that game. They only put 24 points on the board, hmm. which when you look at the way the game sort of went, not a big deal at all. In my opinion, they got all 24 other points in the first half. Second half, you look at their possessions the first possession was um, the blocked field goal. The second, and they moved the ball like, I don't know, like 50, 60 yards, I believe, on that drive. Second possession was wiped out by the holding call, the aforementioned mm-hmm. holding call on the great play, to, on the great throw to, to Quez Watkins. They were in first and 20. They almost converted that first and 20 anyway, but uh, wound up having to punt. Third possession was what? they That was the Kenny Gainwell drop that led to the interception. Right. And, and in the fourth possession, there was like three minutes left and they were just yeah. trying to, or no, 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 there's like six or seven minutes left. And they, they, they took like three minutes off the clock mm-hmm. running the ball and they, and they bled two timeouts uh, from the Vikings. So nothing wrong at all with the way that, that he played uh, in the second half uh, compared to the Broncos game that we mentioned earlier, where he was at, like outstanding in the first half of that game. And then not as much uh, in the second half, but I thought it was a complete game by Jalen Hurts and just sort of the, the way that game went in the second half not concerning at all to me in, in any way, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's really no, nothing more that we can say about the way that he played in that game and, and really encouraging for, for the Eagles long-term future. And maybe he is the franchise quarterback definitively now at this point, but also the short term, like they're legit Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. They're the best looking team right now in the NFC. Yeah. I did my power rankings this week for BootyGreenNation.com. I have them fifth. I have them behind the Bucks still just, I think the Bucks don't as look as I. good, but yeah, I mean, you, you have to give the Tampa Bay and Tom Brady like some level. Their defense, dude, is awesome, and, and their defense is only allowed, I think, like thirteen points or whatever in two games. Like, there's there's some level of like I, I call it like baked in benefit of the doubt. I think that the Bucks get from having again like the yes. best quarterback of all time and a really good defensive coordinator and and a team that's won in the playoffs and been there um and at a lot of levels i do think the eagles have a chance of beating them to be clear but i'm just saying like i don't think you can put the it's a little unfair to me to put the, the bucks behind them just yet but they're right there uh they're certainly right at the top of the league with everything that they have going for them high quarterback play high level quarterback play um strong offensive line all these skill players all these weapons who got more involved than they did in week one where it was more of the aj brown show naturally Devonte smith got a target on the first play of the game he, mm-hmm. he caught all seven of his targets for um he had five first downs i believe so he helped move the chain 80 yards i think something like right that. around there um dallas goddard led the team in receiving he's just obviously and he's such an efficient target in terms of his, his yards per reception were like what like 16 point something 
on the year he's at 14.5 that's high for a tight end last year he was 10.9 which was fifth in the entire NFL not just tight ends any any player fifth in the NFL which is extraordinarily rare for a tight end to do that he was first among tight ends I think the second I think the second guy was Kelsey Mm -hmm. who was like almost two full yards behind him something like that (laughs) So, so yeah like when they go his way he produces uh I will say that was Jonathan Gannon coordinating the Vikings defense did he go back to Minnesota because there's I see a lot of talk about how the Vikings were playing so soft and flipping yeah. it to Gannon I mean cheap shot aside he got results that's what I was I need to get some give me some results and he got results it seemed like the defense was more aggressive um and Kirk Cousins for as much as I don't believe in him is a guy who I think at least you know com- going back to last year's standard of any quarterback who isn't like total garbage awful mm-hmm. uh, should be able to put some some volume up against your defense with some good numbers. And especially when you have Justin Jefferson, who is the yeah. arguably the best receiver in the NFL and all the credit in the world for Gannon for having answers, all the credit in the world to Darius Slay, the NFC mm-hmm. defensive player of the week with his two picks, had five pass breakups, really should have had like, had what, like at least three interceptions, maybe four or five, like, he thought he should have had three. I thought he should have had more than that. Yeah. Well, the one, I mean, he should have had the one on the play right before he got the yes. interception anyway. So he wouldn't have gotten the interception that he had if he had just caught the first one. True. So, but he so had maybe a you don't more count that, that like, one. Still, that I thought were dropped, but whatever. <laughs> yes. I mean, you'll take it. I mean, he locked he up. He had a drop in the first game, in the first week, too. That's right. The Lions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. geez. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he locked down Justin Jefferson. That was huge. That's not an easy matchup. And, uh, yeah, what else? What So what, I guess, what did you th- come away with thinking that, like, was better about the defense and why they got better results? Well, I, um, just taking a step back before this week, I picked the Vikings to win this game, oops, uh, on the premise that I haven't yet seen the Eagles defense, sl- I mean, even come close Slow to slowing down, down yeah. any kind of competent passing offense. And certainly the Vikings have that. With you know we we I don't like Kirk Cousins either, but he puts up numbers and they they you know they obviously have Justin Jefferson and other like weapons on that offense too like Dalvin Cook and um, KJ Osborne I like and, and Adam Thielen isn't as good as he used to be but still you know he's still a good chain moving type of wide receiver. Irv Smith. Irv Smith. I mean he had a big drop. The Eagles were mm. fortunate on that one. Yeah. CJ GJ was a lot of position on on that mm. one. And he you know. That I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, but uh, he didn't convert on on a, on what should have been a huge play down the field, maybe a touchdown. Um, but what I liked about what Jonathan Gannon did in this game is they brought pressure, and when he did bring pressure, I thought he brought it uh, at the right times, uh, both the times where it made sense, but also where they kind of caught the Vikings a little bit off guard. And their blitzes got home too. It wasn't like he's had games where he's blitzed, you know, a, a decent amount, but they just, he just didn't scheme up. A guy to get free in this game, guys are getting free and they were getting, you know, close to, to uh, Kirk Cousins and making them, th- you know, one, one of the blitzes led to a pick, but he was also just kind of unloading the ball quickly when they were blitzing him just to nobody in particular. Um, Javon Hargrave had the hit on him. Was that the, was that week one or week two where he had the hit that led to an interception? And then Mr. T, Marlon Tui Pelotu had the oh, hit. Oh, that was that, that Marlon, yeah, Tui, Tui was week one. And then Hargrave had the hit that led to a pick in week two. Uh, Fletcher Cox had a big play where he yeah. got to Cousins and, and knocked the ball out. Yeah, it turned um, like third and 10 into fourth and 22. Yeah. 
so the defense came up big at a number of different different uh, times where they were put in a bad position, like after the block punt, the Vikings at good field position, after the Kenny Gainwell drop and subsequent interception, they were back. You know, the, the Vikings had a chance to to punch it in there, couldn't do it, wound up getting picked by uh, Darius Slay. So there were a number of different times where they were backed, like the defense was put into a position um, where um, you know the Vikings had a, a short field and they got no points out of it. And, you know, the pressure that, that that Gannon dialed up was good. And and I thought they had a good plan for Jefferson, whether that was Nick Sirianni talked about this yesterday, where where whether it was just, you know, Slay versus Jefferson one on one didn't happen all that much. Slay had help uh, at various times throughout the game. And then when Slay wasn't on Jefferson, uh, it was sort of um, it, not double coverage necessarily, but there, there was certainly the defense was shading to his side. Uh, so they had a good plan for for how to slow him down. Jefferson wound up with six catches for 40 something, I think on 12 targets. So he, he was like four yards per target uh, on that game. And a number of passes that went his way were either picked or should have been picked. So the efficiency uh, when he was targeted uh, on Monday night was terrible. And Darius Slay frankly owned him in that game. And the one thing that I didn't see that apparently happened during the game, because we're in the press box, we're not want, we don't get to hear the the TV commentators or like anything that's happening uh, on TV or whatever. But Kevin O'Connell was doing an, doing an interview on the sideline, apparently. And he said that Slay was a bad matchup for Jefferson, which I thought is very interesting. And it's true. Like Slay does a good job on those types of receivers that are, you know, sort of like really good route runners, um, uh, just like good hands. Like the, 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 the type of guys that maybe don't have like super elite speed, but just manage, but, but are fast and managed to get open, like like your Terry McLaurins of the world, your Amari Coopers, like those kinds of players. He does. He's more susceptible to like the bigger guys. Like he's had his worst games against like Devonte Adams mm-hmm. or you know DK Metcalf. Um, but these types of you know receivers that are similarly sized to him, but but are great route runners. He's able to stick with those guys, and I think that's exactly what Justin Jefferson is. So it was interesting to hear O'Connell say that during the game, frankly, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but also that he was right, and and, and it turned out that, that Slay had, indeed had a great game against him. Jefferson had his lowest yards per reception mark in a game since like week seven of his rookie season, so mm, pretty impressive okay. performance by Darius Slay. Uh, the way I put it after the game, kind of zooming out a little bit, but including Gannon in here, and we all said it time and time again, Hurts and Gannon, biggest Eagles question marks. We, we started the show with that last week. And like both of them like, were not question marks on Monday night, but he means they were like strengths. That's that's really good. That That's ceiling raising mm-hmm. kind of stuff going back to that term. And um, I had a point in Gannon, but I'm losing it. I can't remember. Yeah, you know what? One, one thing I'll mention quickly on Gannon too is the run game. They got shredded yeah, by the Lions week one. Like DeAndre Swift had a had a had a bunch of big gains. The one really big game, um, uh, Jamal Williams did did some damage to them as well. D- Dalvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison are a really good one two duo yeah. of running backs uh, that the Vikings have, and they com- Eagles completely shut that down. Uh, so you know, kudos to the Eagles for sort of fixing their run fits, and then also their tackling was abysmal week one. Much better in week two, obviously. Much better in week two. This is the kind of performance that um, it doesn't like erase all doubt about Jonathan Gannon, I would say. Mm-hmm. Still have to see it time and time again. And then even with Jalen Hurts, too. I, I mean, I think it erases more doubt for me from Jalen Hurts than it does Gannon if I'm comparing. But still, I mean, you got to see these guys stack these kind of performances 
and it doesn't have to be this dominant each week, but you need we need to see more more of this as opposed to you know what we saw in week one with the defense. So definitely a step in the right direction is how I would phrase it. Uh, any other takeaways from the game? It's just an exciting time right now to be an Eagles fan. I mean, you got to be really kind of you look at the upcoming schedule is super easy. <laughs> like you look at like the next eight games on their schedule. Let's, yep. well, let me just pull that up real quick. So I did an article all this off. So What's I, that? I wrote an article on, on BGN, Jimmy, called Let's Not Get Ahead of Ourselves, but the Eagles are totally starting 10-0. <laughs> I mean, look at their schedule and tell me, like, I'm, I'm way off base. What's the worst case scenario? Like, So it's at Commanders, at Commanders, Jaguars, at Cardinals, who look, like, worse than I think we thought they might be before mm-hmm. the season began. Cowboys at home. They probably still won't have Dak for that. Steelers at home. Steelers look awful. Steelers uh, after the bye, Texans too. On, Texans on the road, Commanders at home. Commanders after the at mini the buy. Colts. The Colts are just, just got shut out. Kind of a, I mean, they're a mess right now. Mm. Frank Reich is is suddenly like right behind Matt Rule on the potential firings list. Uh, and then the Packers at home. Mm. So you have to wait until what week is that anyway? Packers. That's like week, uh, week twelve. Twelve. Okay. That they play the Packers and they'll have already had their bye. So that's their eleventh game of the season. You're right. Like, I think I don't think they're going to go ten and zero. But they're going to lose at least one of those games, maybe two. But they're set up to be at least like barring any kind of catastrophic injury mm-hmm. or whatever weird the circumstance can happen between cliff. now and then. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to imagine them being worse than eight and two. I agree. It's a really good start. Beating the Vikings was huge, and that's why you know I think people are excited. Uh, that's the prime time nature too. It's a, it's a this is their most juice-filled win in a long time because, mm-hmm. like, think about it. Like, last year, they were winning games, but it wasn't against good teams, and it was like, you know, they'd started slow, so they were only building back up, and they are ultimately chasing, what, a seventh seed. Like, okay, that's cool and all, but it's, like, not the most thrilling kind of thing. They weren't in – they weren't relevant in the national landscape. No, no one really cared about the Eagles um, outside of Philly. Now mm-hmm. they're in the spotlight, and and we're talking about again an NFC that's very weak, very 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 weak. Like who who scares you in the NFC? The Bucks, okay. Rodgers is a factor still, um, mm-hmm. out, but I mean that's the same thing we thought heading into the year. The Bucks, Packers, who else? Who else really? Um, so the Rams are talented, but they the, you know there's concerns now. With, I don't think uh, they're scary. Arm. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they just they they barely held on against the Falcons. They got hot in the playoffs last year. The, the Rams almost blew a twenty-eight to three lead against the Falcons, <laughs> who yes. famously once did that very thing. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's you know the Eagles are right there, and if they go out this week and and you know put a beating on the Commanders, I mean the the, the hype is only going to uh, continue. Uh, so any other final thoughts on the game? Are you good? Yeah, one other thing on the offensive line too is. Um, like before or so after the lions game i put together like a little twitter thread of all the eagles pancakes mm. and truck sticks by the running backs you, would you rather have and pancakes there were or waffles uh waffles are like pancakes with syrup traps that's mitch hedberg um i, I think i like waffles better I think waffles you? are more versatile. Like you could do a like a waffle. You know, you could make like a sandwich with a waffle. I mean, you could do that with pancake too. But I think the waffle lends to that better. You, I think pancakes you can put more things in them though. Hmm. Maybe. 
But I mean, you could do some of that with waffles you too. You do that with waffles too, I guess. I think the best waffle is better than the best pancake. How about that? All right. That's fair, right? Waffles and ice cream are... So waffles and ice cream is like a new Christmas tradition among mm. the Kemskis. I like we that. We have like waffles and ice cream for lunch. I like that a like lot. After, after presents are done being opened. Waffles and ice cream. That's a strong... I like when families have their own traditions for holidays yeah. as opposed to just like, <laughs> well, it's Thanksgiving, so we're all going to eat the same food every single year. That's my anti-Thanksgiving <laughs> thing. I like, like... Or at least yeah. a little a flair, a twist, something unique. Yeah, we just happened to do that one year. And we were like, this is amazing. We're doing this every year from now on. I love that. Yeah, why not? Um, anyway. So, anyway, getting back to the uh, pancake point, there were like six or seven pancakes from that game where you know they just, somebody on the offensive line just flattened uh, a Lions defender. There, there wasn't any of that. And so I was, I was hoping to make that like a, a, a weekly you know Twitter thread throughout mm-hmm. the season. So I, I didn't get to do it this week because there just weren't any. So they didn't dominate necessarily like in the run game like they did at times uh, against Detroit. But it was still a very strong performance uh, by the offensive line, particularly in pass pro, where they just had all. I mean, Hertz had for for as good as he was, um, he did benefit from very good pass protection from the Eagles' offensive line. And one of the things that I think maybe we take for granted at times is just how good they are, because you look at the Vikings and what they're good at. They have those two edge rushers in Daniel Hunter mm-hmm. and Zadarius Smith, who are really good, really underrated players, in my opinion. And those guys were just kind of shut out in that game. Um, And we just just come to expect that at this point, particularly (laughs) from Lane Johnson and to a lesser degree, but still certainly, uh, uh, you know, it's it's the case as well with with Jordan Mailata. Um, You just look at like any opposing defense that comes in, you go, oh, they have a great edge. So what? (laughs) Like (laughs) the Eagles are going to shut that guy down. It doesn't matter. Uh, so I, th- I think it's just worth giving the offensive line sort of a, 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 a hat tip for uh, con- for just continuously excelling every single week, no matter who uh, the edge, no matter who the the opposing edge rushers are. www.righteousfelon.com is the place you want to go to get your meat snacks that you need to have when you're watching the Eagles. It is, after all, Jimmy, the meat snack of choice. In the Philadelphia Eagles locker room, the players are eating this, and I have it on good authority. That's why they're two and out. I was just going to say, I have it on good authority that they're are honestly, even if I didn't hear anything, you would just know that they're winning because they're being fueled properly, and and so should you. If you want to be two and zero in your life, and even even better, <laughs> and one of the best teams in the NFC in your life, you want to go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN twenty. That's right, BGN twenty for twenty percent off from now until the end of the month, and then once October starts, which is my favorite month of the year. But sadly, uh, this year it will be a little less exciting because BGN 20 will go down to BGN 15 at that point. So use the discount code now. Make sure you get the 20% off your order at RighteousSelling.com. Discount code BGN 20. Jimmy. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on BGN Radio, brought to you not only by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, and, and we'll get to our, our other sponsor later, but also WildRangerPet.com. You can use the same discount code there for percent off of your dog treats. Uh, Jimmy, I feel like we need to get into this game that the Eagles are playing this week. By the way, can you believe Thursday's already here? Yeah, I mean, like, whenever – so when I woke up on Tuesday morning – uh, I was, when did you go to sleep? I actually, How long did you sleep? I slept for like three hours. I got back mm. at yeah, it was like two around three. And I got back sometime between 2.30 and 3, I think. And then I, I was up at like 6. Um, and then I took a long nap later in the day. But I remember, I think it was actually after I got up from the long nap later in the day, I was like, oh, well, what game is what game is tonight? <laughs> I think right. it was Monday. And no, no game. <laughs> but then, bang, quick turnaround, Boom. and we have a game tonight. Game stinks tonight, by the way. It's uh, Steelers mm-hmm. at Browns. Uh, Mitch Trubisky at, uh, at Jacoby Brissett. Wow. Um, so, whatever. I'll watch it. Uh, but not 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 super exciting. Um, quick, Really quick aside, national take. Yes. I feel like, what are the Steelers doing with Trubisky anymore? Like, put Kenny Pickett in already. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Like, who cares if he's going to be, like, how much worse can he be? Anyway. So um, uh, let's talk about this week's game. The Eagles are playing. You ever hear of him? Carson Wentz and the Commanders. <laughs> That's Jimmy. It's the honestly, first of four games this year where they have to play a road game on short rest, okay. which really shouldn't happen from a schedule making perspective. Yes. How, does that, how, do you, how do you get four short rest road games on your schedule? It's crazy. Uh, but Jimmy, this is the first of those, and it happens to be a divisional game. It's only a, a drive uh, down uh, I-95. So it's not like they're getting on a plane and going to Dallas for this one, although they have to do that later in the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, and there it'll probably be – there are probably be a lot of Eagles fans at, at FedEx, mm-hmm. as always. Um, it's well, not especially. like the commander's season is over at this point. They're one and one, and they have plenty of things going for them. So it's not like their fans are checked out like they often are in like week 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Uh, but surely there will be there uh, a fair share of Eagles fans as there always are. Jimmy, we have been waiting to do this podcast all along because we just want to talk about Carson Wentz, baby. That's all we <laughs> want to do here. Did he 
Did, did he get with your girlfriend? <laughs> what are you? Why are you so obsessed with Carson Wentz? <laughs> um, I mean, he's the place to start. If we're gonna, we should do Eagles D versus Commanders offense first. Because how could we not talk about Carson Wentz first? I wrote the question I wrote down in my notes is for you is to what extent is Carson Wentz still Carson Wentz? You did a little thread on him. Yeah. Especially regarding his lack of pocket managing, I guess is how you could phrase it. Um, And it still looks bad, right? So when I look at him, I, you know, think about what he was in 2017 and what he was at 20 in 2020, which are the two extremes of his greatness and awfulness. And he's not either of those things. Sure. So like he's somewhere in the middle for sure. And I think he's, pretty much the same guy that he was in Indy last year through these first two games. Although I will say that he's done a better job of hitting the layups than uh, he did in Indy last year. So I think he's a little bit improved from, from this, from last year to this year. I mean, small sample size. We're only talking about two games here, but in terms of like the bad decision-making uh, and, uh, and the pocket presence that all that stuff, that stuff is as bad as ever. The pocket presence in particular against Detroit week two, there, you know, I came up with uh, four or five different examples of, and it's all the same stuff that we saw when he was in Philadelphia. The the most egregious thing that he does, or the most like the the funniest quirk of his pocket presence to me, is when he'll either like sidestep an edge rusher, and then the edge rusher goes by him, or like the edge rusher will just get you know blocked by him, but he'll once can see him go by, and then once once the edge rusher goes by him. It's almost like Wentz goes, okay, well, that guy's gone. He doesn't yeah. exist anymore as a human being, and he's not going to continue to try to come after me. And he'll, like, just stand in the pocket as if, like, that guy isn't going to continue to come after him from behind. And a lot of those, uh, you know, fumbles that he had over the years with the Eagles, that's how a lot of those occurred. Seahawks where... 2019 is the one that stands out in the garden. Do you remember <laughs> yes. that? Like, the guy's, like, like yeah. under him, down below him. And it's like, yeah, not a big deal. <laughs> right. And he'll just, he'll just wind up and throw like he normally would with a mess of bodies around him. It's just odd that he just, it's just something that it's so glaringly, such a glaringly obvious thing to fix in his game. And it just has never been fixed. And I'm sure it's not without effort from the Eagles coaches, the Colts coaches. I mean, even so far in, in, in Washington, I'm sure they've tried to correct that in his game as well already. It just doesn't go away because he doesn't want to fix. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And there was one play in particular where that happened where um, I think this is the – no, maybe not. This might be not be the play I'm thinking of. Uh, but but he did, he, did, he did that on one play against the Lions where um, I, th- I believe it was uh, Aiden Hutchinson went right by him. Um, and then he just stood in the pocket and he actually went backwards. Like he retreated backwards right into Hutchinson who just, who would just run right by him. So I think if you're the Eagles the, the and you're Tracy rocker, the plan for me would be to like for edge rushers, they want to flatten their rushes, um, you know, make the straightest, uh, you know, point A to point B path to the quarterback as they possibly can. I don't think it's as necessary against Carson Wentz. You can widen your rush a, a little bit more against him. Gives you a better opportunity to beat, you know, the the offensive tackles trying to block you first of all. And if you get behind Wentz, it doesn't matter. Like normally you don't want guys like widening widening their rush too much and taking themselves out of the pass rush, out of the play because good quarterbacks are just going to step up and then you're useless at that point. Against Wentz it doesn't matter. Like if you, if you wind up being behind him, just keep trying to come at him from that point. 
I think what you want to do is sort of try to encircle Wentz in the pocket and let him give you the ball. Yeah. Tackle, try to tackle the football as opposed to going after him specifically. And you can make him, you know, turn the ball over. It's, the interceptions were down last year. He had seven on the season, I think, right? He was 27 and seven. Yep. This year he had uh, two against uh, Jacksonville week one. They were both bad. Like they're, they're clearly both his fault. And then he had won uh, week two against um, uh, Detroit. That was on him too. It was an overthrow. Yeah. It bounced it's, off it's the, the classic the, like sail a pass high in the middle of yeah, the field. It, yep. the, the, and it, bounced, it deflected off a def- the, the first defender should have just picked it on his own, yes. but it bounced off that guy and another guy got it instead. Uh, so it was still a meritorious interception nice in word. terms of Wentz's fault. Um, so he has actually thrown it to the other team three times already this year. But the the chance for fumbles are are they remain. He fumbled a ball in the end zone that wound up going out of the back of the end zone for the safe for a safety against the Lions. That was a turning point in that game because yeah. then it was five nothing. Commanders kicked the uh, free kickoff and uh, Khalif Raymond gets a big return. They convert that into a uh, the Lions offense converts that into a touchdown yeah. and bang they're up twelve nothing like that. So you just gotta get bodies around him and let him give you the ball. That, I think that's that's the strategy that the Eagles should employ against him. What is the safety that the uh, Lions got plus the touchdown? How many points is that? It's nine. How many points did the Commanders lose by in week two? <laughs> nine. Like, oh, seriously, dude, that's the difference in the game, yeah. ultimately. Uh-huh. Like, it's not always yeah. that simple, but I'm saying like that that's the magnitude. Like That one bad play that, as I was speaking to RJ about, like he's going to do this. Like, it's going to happen at some point. Like you can set your watch to him doing it. The question is, you know, okay, maybe he fumbles and Washington recovers on it and it's not a big deal. Like like it's about mm-hmm. what when it happens and like how they can limit the damage of that play. It's 67 fumbles to me. 67 fumbles crazy. in 87 games. Guess what? It's not stopping. It's not just going to go away. Yeah. So again, you can kind of count on almost the Eagles getting a fumble, at least forcing a fumble, at least in this game. Again, it's just a matter of what they do with it and at what at what point it comes at. Um, so, look, I mean, Carson I just want to talk quickly about, about that one play though, the, the safety where because I got some um, I got some brushback on mm. that play because the left tackle got smoked. I mean, Charles Leno sure. got Leno Leno whatever got Leno, smoked yeah. by Charles Harris on that play. So certainly uh, uh, the left tackle was at was more at fault uh, for that safety than Wentz. But Wentz is still plenty at fault for that. Like you're in your own end zone, just standing yeah. back, scanning the field. Right. Like, get, get you got to know you got to you got to speed up your internal clock in that situation. And then also you have to know that your left tackle is one on one against a decent speed rusher uh, on that play. And you got to you got to like be aware of of where he didn't feel that rush at all as he doesn't like he never he also doesn't feel the rush uh, on, on a lot of plays. And, and there's not, it's not a coincidence that he happens to get more uh, strip sacks on those types of plays than other quarterbacks around the league. other quarterbacks around. So like one of the comments in, in reply to that was like, oh, that would happen to any quarterback in the league. No, it wouldn't. Because <laughs> first of all, other quarterbacks would speed up the their internal clock. And secondly, they're going to be aware of. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're, they're not gonna be positioning their body in a way where they can't see the, the you know, the full rush, like at least sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, out of the corner of their eye or whatever. So, you know, for him to just complete, like, I understand you want to trust your teammates to do their job, but in that situation, you kind of can't. Like, you have to make, you have to make sure that, that 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 can't happen. Like, that's the one thing that can't happen in that situation is to get strip sacked in the end zone or like to get, um, 
uh, sacked in the end zone, of course, or like, you got to be have the ability to know to throw the ball away if, if there's danger. And he just wasn't able to do that. And strip sack, safety, return, touchdown, as you say, nine points. That's the that's the margin in that game. Carson went to the fifth uh, slowest time to throw in week two. So, yeah, he was holding on to the ball in general for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's those things are going to happen, especially with him. So I think that speaks to that, if not for that specific play to a larger point. Looking elsewhere on Washington's offense, Carson Wentz does have some quality weapons to work with. Oh, yes. Terry McLaurin, who's very good, and Jahan Dotson, who has done very good things early on as a rookie. Um, Curtis Samuel is there, too. He's finally healthy. Um, Let me run through their offensive line really quick. You mentioned Leno, Andrew Norwell, Mm -hmm. who got cut by the Jags. Uh, Wes Schweitzer, because Chase Roulier, who's probably, what, like the second best center in the division, right? He just went an IR. It's like a He's big, a good player, yes. It's a big injury for them. And then they have Trey Turner, who they picked up, um, I believe, in free agency at right guard. And then Sam Cosby, who's a rookie last year. He's a second-year player now at right tackle. Um, looking at the off, I mean, Schweitzer was their right guard, but he'll now move to center yes. with Roulier out. Turner, they signed this offseason along with Norwell, their two guards. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't have a lot of offensive line continuity as it is. Um, but Turner, I I think was projected to be their starting right guard, but just wasn't like, I guess he didn't play well. I don't know. I don't, I I didn't follow that as closely, but uh, I guess he didn't play that well in camp and didn't, he he didn't win a starting job anyway. And Schweitzer was the right guard. Schweitzer missed the game last week and Turner played. And there was a guy that they had elevated from the practice squad that came in and played center in relief of Rulier when he went out. I think it was actually just the second to last play of the game mm-hmm. uh, that he got yes. hurt. Um, so he only the, the, the practice squad call-up guy only played one snap. But it looks like Schweitzer is going to be a go. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was listed on their injury report on Wednesday, but he was a full participant. So he's going to play. Mm-hmm. But So I would imagine he'll play center. And like you said, Turner will play right guard. But there's still a little, as always, they, they, they seem to always have these injuries along their offensive line when they play the Eagles. Uh, Brandon Scherf no longer there of course he mm. signed with Doug and the Jags this offseason so their offensive line isn't as good as it was a year ago How about Doug getting a speaking of you know the Colts earlier Doug getting his first win yeah 20, good for him 24 to zero how about Frank Reich though the sole mastermind Eesh. and only person who deserves credit for the Eagles <laughs> Super Bowl according to many Eagles fans uh, in 2018 or whatever or after years after uh, I'm happy for Doug and D Filippo. Where is he, by the way? Is- I mean, I I think I heard someone say he was like on. At, I think he was like at the Eagles open practice. The link. I, I remember him. I think he was at training camp at some point this year. I remember oh, someone, okay, so he doesn't have a, a NFL job now. I don't think so. I'm looking up his Wikipedia page right he now. He should he should have a job somewhere. He was the Bears passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach last year. That was his most recent job. Yeah, yeah. He should be an yeah, assistant well, somewhere. Well, that's not great. Well, maybe he just wants to take a year off. It's a gap year. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. knows? Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So I feel like the Eagles defensive line, you know, like should be able to take advantage of that. I don't know if they're going to have a field day with this line, but they should be able to certainly be a factor and uh, be able to pressure Wentz here. Um, Antonio Gibson is their top running back right now with Brian Robinson out because he got shot very disturbingly and sadly. Um, JD mm-hmm. McKissick was like, I think second in receiving for them last year, <laughs> which spoke yeah. to how bad the receiving core was more of a pass catching running back. Um, what, what concerns you, I guess, about this offense? So, I mean, like we saw in the Eagles Vikings game, uh, the Eagles had four different receivers, I believe that had at least 69 nice yards. Um, 
AJ Brown, Goddard, Devontae, Quez all had at least 69 yards. Spread it around. And that's difficult to defend when you're able to do that. While all these uh, commanders, offensive passing game weapons, they're all involved too. In the past, it was just Terry McLaurin. And that was it. <laughs> and like it was, a, it was befuddling sometimes how McLaurin would still just crush the Eagles in some games uh, under when the, under Jim Schwartz. Like it'd be like Jim, like that's the only guy they have. Like you know, double him, do whatever you got to do. Don't let that guy beat you. That's the only. That's like Terry McLaurin waving hi. I'm the only guy that that we have here. Cover me. It doesn't matter. Nobody else matters. Well, that's not the case anymore. Kurt, like Curtis Samuel has looked really good so far this year for them. Uh, he's been really frustrating for their fan base because he hasn't been able to play. He's been hurt since they signed him to like a pretty decent free agent uh, contract. As you mentioned, Jahan Dotson is a player already. Like he came into the season um, as a rookie and he, like he, he was considered to have the best hands of this wide receiving of this wide receiver rookie class. Um, and he's got good speed, just really good. He, the reason he maybe wasn't as high on like prospect lists was because he just doesn't have good size and doesn't have like elite speed to sort of go along with uh, his lack of size. He went, what would he go? Like, did he go 15th? Oh, Something like that. I he, he went the, in the they teens, traded I know, down. I thought, well, first of all, wasn't Jordan Davis taking a 15th? No, he was taking 13th, 12th, right? Um, or 14th, 14th, 14th. Let me look this up really quick. Cause we're just guessing and it's bad podcasting, but <laughs> um, but he went. They, they traded back with New Orleans, whatever, whatever yes, spot New Orleans back. traded up to to get Olave. The uh, Washington took Dots. Dotson might be better than Olave. Um, Dotson yeah, has three has touchdowns has already so far done this year. Anything? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Sixteen is where 16. Dotson was okay. taken. 13 so he went top half of the first round. Good for him. <laughs> like he was a great receiver at Penn State. Um, but just didn't have great size. So he wasn't thought of as he went before he went before trailing Burks. So your boy. Um yeah. He's been okay, by the way, so far. Yeah. Uh but Dotson, Curtis Samuel, uh Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas is back now. He's healthy, he's contributed as well. He caught a touchdown against the Lions. And then as you mentioned, the two running backs, Antonio Gibson and, and JD McKissick. Antonio Gibson played wide receiver some uh, at Memphis. So he's got that ability as well. But all six of those guys, again, McLaurin, Samuel, uh, Logan Thomas, Dotson, McKissick, Gibson, all six of those guys have at least 74 receiving yards through mm. these first two games. So like the Eagles spread it around against the Vikings week two, uh, the commanders are certainly capable of doing that as well. All right, we should flip to the Eagles offense going up against a Washington defense that... Um, is also a little banged up, right? Aren't they missing? Uh, well, they're missing. Well, really they don't have Chase Young, who is say, kind of an important pop list. Kind of a, an important. Yeah, he tore an ACL last year. Guy to be missing. I'm looking at their injury report for us. Oh, uh, Casey Tuhill, big loss, former Eagle. <laughs> um, Shaka Tony, Casey Tuhill, and Daniel Wise all backup defensive linemen who rotate in to some extent for Washington. Uh, all mm-hmm. did not practice on Wednesday, so that's something to watch. But the guys who do start, obviously, as Eagles fans know, are pretty decent. In Montez Sweat, who basically forced the Eagles play on a Tuesday last year, so that was really dumb. Uh, Deron Payne, <laughs> and then Jonathan Allen. Uh, so strong up front, obviously. Um, their linebackers, I don't think, are like scaring anyone, but 
can be solid. Cole Holcomb has a rec- reputation for being like decent. I think Jamin Davis had a like kind of he's their top rookie. linebacker. So, so <laughs> when I look at their linebackers, I would I don't think there were many teams in the NFL that would trade their linebacker situations for Washington's. So they were they were one of my no. ten reasons the commanders could be a dumpster fire this year in that article. And I had them like, I mean, not that, not that like the order that, that the thing, that thing is written uh, is like, you know, the number one thing is right. the top reason they will be a dumpster right. fire. Then number two, three, it's not necessarily structured that way, but I think that was the seventh thing that I had in there. And Washington fans were like, that should be way higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like they were like, that was the one thing that I had in there where they were like, Oh, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. The linebackers are trash. Uh, Cole, Cole Holcomb is their top linebacker. He gets the, mo- the most snaps. Jamin Davis was their first round pick in 2021. He had a really disappointing rookie season. He was actually competing with David Mayo. Um, yeah. For another starting job this year, for the other starting job opposite Holcomb uh, this year, he won that job. But those are their top three linebackers: are Holcomb, Jamin Davis, and David Mayo. Mm-hmm. And none of them can cover. The Col- Holcomb's the, their best hope of of covering. Mm-hmm. And if they play a lot of zone defense against the Eagles, if they want to be able to keep their eyes on Jalen Hurts and spy him and and make sure that he doesn't absolutely shred them scrambling, they are very susceptible. Uh, in the middle of the field specifically. So, I mean, it could be a game where uh, Dallas Goddard and or uh, A.J. Brown eat over the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, they're secondary. They are getting Cam Curl back. He is going to be returning for a thumb injury, uh, fully practiced on uh, Friday, uh, Wednesday. So that's a good you know development for them. But you look at the secondary otherwise. I mean, Kendall Fuller is a nice player, but like, who are their starting safeties right now? Derek Forrest? And Bobby McCain, uh, well, Cam Curl, Cam Curl back. Uh, I just said that, is but coming yeah, okay. back. But yeah. like, okay, Cam Curl and one of and probably McCain is, is, McCain. Uh, is the other guy. Uh, William yeah. Jackson was kind of a disappointment last year. Has played well in the past, or did for the Bengals to get the contract. Uh, Benjamin Benjamin Saint Just Saint Just Just Juiced Saint Juiced is a nickel guy. Um, I mean, this is a secondary that allowed Jared Goff to like. <laughs> do damage last week ultimately yeah uh and deandre swift had a big game as well even though he was like hurt and played limited uh limited had limited playing time and honestly i mean whoever this eagles offense is going up against right now at risk of sounding at risk of jinxing it and sounding full of uh, a little too high on them it's not like a lot of teams have a great chance of matching up with what this offense can do with a quarterback playing mm-hmm. at a high level and his diverse skill set and then all the skill sets of these various like targets that they have, and not to mention like Miles Sanders had a decent game against the Vikings. Doesn't really get talked about at all because he was hardly one of the biggest stars, but he was efficient. I thought he could have been better as a pass right. catcher, by the way. Um, but as a runner, again, still like pretty efficient and certainly an option that the Eagles can turn to if they need to. So I guess what, if anything, uh, concerns you about the Commanders' defense? Not much. Like I don't really think they have much. Uh, Jonathan Allen's awesome. Like I think he's a great player. Deron Payne's fine uh, as an interior defender as well. And 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 uh, Montez Sweat can can certainly make plays from from the edge. But again, this kind of goes back to the point before that we that we sort of um, just sort of take for granted. 
that the Eagles offensive line is awesome. And it does, it often doesn't matter like what kind of firepower the opposing uh, defensive line has. As long as the Eagles offensive line is healthy, they've been able to neutralize very good defensive lines. So it's not a great matchup in that respect for, for Washington. I actually, I did want to touch on St. Just mm. because we had mentioned it, uh, you know, before the season even began the way that like Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal might be deployed this season, where if it's, like a shrimpy slot corner that they're playing against, then you you know you might want to body him up uh, with a guy like Zach Pascal, who can be as uh, Nick Sirianni called him yesterday, an enforcer. Mm. He's the new enforcer. Hey, that's uh, what I that's what I called over him. for that's JJ. What I thought, yeah, he would, I, that's what I thought you <laughs> would say about him at one point. Yeah, <laughs> so he's the new enforcer, and he did say that finally. Um, and then you know against bigger, perhaps slower. Uh, slot corners that are in there to match up against, you know, like tight ends or like bigger slot receivers. Uh, that might be an opportunity for a guy like Quez Watkins uh, to to take advantage. And that's what St. Just is. So St. Just is a 6'3", 200 plus pound corner who ran, I think he ran like a 4'5'5 or something like that uh, at the combine. So that's a guy that if they can get Quez matched up on him, Quez can dust that dude. So uh, that's that's another matchup to look to look forward to if the Eagles can you know sort of get that catch them in a in a man coverage with him on Quez. I mean him on anyone really it doesn't matter. I think I think him on on AJ is a bad matchup. I think him on Devontae is a bad matchup, and him on Quez Watkins all three of them bad matchups for that guy. Uh, Pascal quietly been pretty decent. Like not obviously there's not like the flashy numbers, but the Eagles went to him in a big spot on third down. Mm-hmm against the lions and yeah i thought he had a nice catch the throw from hertz was like a little too far out in front it's still catchable but like he pascal had to make a tough catch is the point like with his fingertips and then against the um uh vikings here in week two i believe on the first drive he had that play where he's running i think out of the backfield kind of like across the formation and you know it's simple like it's 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 a whatever five yard or whatever it was catch for a first down and it doesn't really it's not impressive in the stat sheet or fantasy football, but like those are important plays. And that's what I've been saying about him. I think he's gonna be used in some high leverage spots, such as third mm-hmm. down, such as the red zone. Because really, too, I think the great thing about that for the Eagles is like it makes you defend everyone, right? Because obviously right. you're like, okay, third down, what do we have to do? We have to take away AJ Brown. Fine, okay. But Zach Pascal is still like an option that we'll put in those situations, and we're not gonna go to them every time. But he's someone you can't just like, okay, we'll put our sucky player in him, and then we don't really have to worry about him at all. It's like, no, if you <laughs> right. do that, like it might not be all game long, but they'll find the right spot to get that in, and all of a sudden they have a first down. So it just kind of makes the offense even that much more dangerous to just kind of have that extra option you can count on in a small sample size. So yeah. Um I don't see any reason why the Eagles offense should be shut down by any means. It's got to be deflating, by the way, when, when when you do take, maybe not take away, but you're co- you cover well against like AJ and Devontae exactly. and whoever. And then Zach Pascal picks up the yep. first down on you. So he's a guy that is going to give you the, all the same effort and blocking ability that you got out of JJ. But if you go his way, he'll actually catch the football. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a quality NFL receiver. He's like a legit uh-huh. NFL player. and He's receiver. a starter. Yeah. Um, all right. So anything else about the matchup? No, I think that about covers it. Um, special teams is worth no. I mean, they had, a, they had a field goal blocked. Um, so I don't know if there's any cleaning up to do there. Um, in the first two games, opposing kickoff teams have. Yeah, this is an issue. They've popped it up. They don't, they don't respect Quez or the Eagles return game at all. And nor should they. Um, 
the Eagles have started out with hard field position yeah. in each of their first two games, but it hasn't mattered because their offense has been great and they've scored anyway. But uh, ideally, they could you know not be starting at their fifteen uh, as much as they have, and um, uh, so the Eagles have also through the first two games on kickoffs have put it through the back of the end zone purposely because they didn't want Khalif Raymond uh, or Ken A. The Vikings kick returner. Glockwoo, whatever, whatever his name is. Both very good returners. Uh, they didn't want the, those guys, you know, getting big returns against them. In this game, I think that they might employ the pop-up. Uh, commander's returner is Dax Milne of uh, Zach Wilson fame. He dated oh, man. Zach Wilson's girlfriend. Like They both went to BYU, and he dated Zach Wilson's former girlfriend and then that's when it was revealed that zach wilson was um <laughs> was with his mom's friend or something getting really like in the that. weeds here jimmy be careful <laughs> allegedly so make sure you so use the word allegedly of, right alleged allegedly on on all the on all that everything i just said uh so you can think about that every time that dax milne is involved in a in a kickoff return this week uh just want to shout out at Kingfrog25 on Twitter, who's tweeting us during the show, Jimmy, saying, this is getting out of hand Thursday morning, still no podcast. I don't know who's big-timing who, but you guys need to get it together. Unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, look, it's uh, this is when we usually record, I feel like, first of all. Second of all, there's a short week. Like, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of action jammed into a short amount of time. I did say to you in the press box after the game, I think we'll see how this works out, but, like, tentatively trying, aiming to do like a split up VGN radio during the week. Yeah. So people will have like a, a, a recap podcast uh, earlier in the week. And then the preview mm -hmm. show around this time normally. Uh, so we'll, we'll try to make that work. We'll see. Um, but shout out to him. And also because he said, I won't shout out his handle. So I, I did uh, now what? Um, all right. <laughs> uh, oh, one last thing. So you mentioned special teams and I, I think that needs to get better. I would like to see Britton Covey honestly get a chance on kick returns. I don't know if that fixes everything or anything, um, but like, I'd like to see it. I just don't think Quez, like he doesn't look, we've seen enough of Quez to know like he's not the solution. Covey might yeah. also not be the solution, but I'd rather like see that than just know Quez is not getting better at this and he's just not the right fit. Um, Jason Huntley is still on the Steelers practice squad, by the way, I believe if the Eagles want to you know, get an actual good <laughs> kicker turner on the team. Um, last thing I'll mention quickly is the penalties have to go down 18 penalties. It's the second most in the NFL. I believe only behind the Broncos. Obviously mm -hmm. we all saw the, they had four penalties in their first three drives. <laughs> Landon Dickerson had yeah. two of them. You're getting called a lot for that same thing last year with the illegal man downfield, basically like, and and to Nick Sirianni did point they got a number of explosive plays off of that too so maybe there is some mm -hmm. you know give and take there to some extent and I I think that's fine but still they started out a lot of penalties last year on the whole and this year as well and we mentioned the one you know wiped out a big gain to Quez so like that's something they need to clean up um, they're pushing the limit of the rules on those I yeah. think that it's being over officiated a little bit sure but like there was one where say Amala was like like two yards down the field. Yes. And that's against the that's against the rules. But if and they're it is calling a penalty, it, you have to adjust, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So and 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 it's not a new thing. Like they they dealt with this last year, of course, too. Mm -hmm. um, so you're right; they absolutely have to clean it up. Um, but like, yeah, but I think it it also is a good point by Sirianni that that those kinds of plays are they're they're resulting in big plays. And it's, when when they don't 
run down the field too too early. It's a good thing that one of their biggest concerns is you know like cleaning up yeah. penalties. That's a good it's a good problem <laughs> right. to have, if you will. All right, so we'll take another the, this particular kind of penalty anyway. Yes, like we're talking yes. about like uh, you know rampant uh, pass interference right. forty yards right. down the field. No, that's a different story. Yes. Yeah, things they can in theory should be able to clean up. Uh, let's hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Her phone number is 856-906-9295. Call or text her if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Uh, Kristen Roach, again, 856-906-9295. Voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. And if you think about the size of the universe Mm. and how long it's been around, I I can't say too much. More impressive than the Jalen Hurts performance Mm. week two. Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. So yes. Why do you hate call her? Uh, Jimmy, did that person buy a house? There was someone talking. I don't want to reveal their info. No, uh, selling. They're selling a house. Okay. So they're, but they're going through. Not it hasn't happened yet. Okay. But uh, yeah. But okay, uh, in the works. Yeah. I obviously, don't want to speak on that too much. I'm not trying to give out details. But the point is, like, I bring it up so people know that people actually do <laughs> go to Kristen Roach That's from right. the podcast. So if you're looking for that kind of stuff, or even I'm sure real estate advice or looking to get connected with another realtor, not in New Jersey, Kristen Roach is the person to contact. Um, Indeed. Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five nine two nine five. Back here on BGN Radio two sixty no, two seventy six, not sixty seven. Two seventy six. The episode number doesn't matter, but at the same time, it does. All right, Jimmy, it's time for our NFL picks against the spread, but not before I tell you quickly about the DraftKings Sportsbook Same Game Parlay created by Bleeding Green Nation, specifically me, each week. (laughs) Did one last week, Jimmy, that some people Mm -hmm. may have not appreciated. The Emotional Hedge, where I did like Vikings plus 2.5, Justin Jefferson, anytime touchdown scorer, and then like Vikings points over 27 and a half over three, but Hey, but here's my thing on that. <laughs> but you're, but you're, yeah. ha- yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're happy to lose a couple bucks. Exactly. To get the, uh, you're basically to, to get the emphatic Eagles. Yeah. Win. You're paying for an Eagles win. Like how much money <laughs> think about it? How much money would people pay if they could actually pay for an Eagles win? A lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. sure. So um not going to do that every week. You'll break that out, you know, here and there uh, this week. It's not up yet, but I'm planning to do one based around like I think Eagles money line, AJ Brown anytime touchdown. So he hasn't gotten in the end zone. No, I don't yet, think right? so. Has he? I don't know. He hasn't, right? He definitely hasn't. Yeah. So he's probably due for that because he's he's gonna get in the end zone at some point. And then uh I'm gonna I don't I don't have the Carson Wentz props yet, but I'm I'm gonna try to probably do like the under okay. on his it's gonna be high because he has six hundred and fifty passing yards. Uh, so he's averaging yes. 325 per game. And then he also has a, a share of the lead mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL for touchdown passes along with uh, Mahomes wow. and Allen. And I forget who the other guy is, but he's among the league elite. 
in touchdown passes with seven. Mm. So that'll hopefully be up. Um, you can bet that. I, I think like well, the, the social media posts that we'll have on the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter at Bleeding Green and Bleeding Green Nation Instagram story at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. Uh, the graphic will be there along with the link. So if you want to get in on that, you can, uh, assuming you are eligible and whatnot. So stay tuned for that. Um, each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes here for details. Okay, so Jimmy, only three to signing make into today our picks against the, the spread two, that we the do four each week. NFC East teams play each only other. three. Yeah, usually we have five with the Saints pick uh, included. You are four and six against the spread this year. I am five and five. We are both one and one when it comes to picking the Eagles game straight up. Why don't we start with the non-NFC East game? The Saints lost to the Bucks last week. Jameis turned the ball over a ton at three picks, I believe. Only scored 10 points total. Tough Bucks defense, but still. Uh, but still, people think the Saints are going to win that division <laughs> somehow and like go to the Super Bowl or whatever. Uh, Saints are two and a half point favorites in He's Charlotte. He's got four fractures in his back. You look at his. You look at his. Like, if you look at his chart, his thro- like his uh, spray chart. I guess you call. It, I don't know on a uh, NFL Next Gen stats. Anytime he threw over twenty yards, like bad things happened. It, it was like I think it was like one for nine or one for eight <laughs> or something like that with a couple picks. Oh yikes! Um, so that's the best part of his game is that he can push the ball down the field. It's also where he. In the past, uh, when when he when he just was sort of like gunslinging, just kind of letting it rip, that's when mm-hmm. he had like the season where he had over thirty interceptions, and uh, he had a, he had a few, uh, you know, week two against Tampa. One of them was returned for for a, a touchdown that basically put an end to that game. Um, but he was totally ineffective, and there's no way that those four fractures in his back aren't affecting his play. I mean, how can it not? Like he's got four fractures in his back. How many is too many fractures in your back before you have to sit down? And he just doesn't look right. It's crazy that he's playing at all. So I, I don't think he's going to be effective until. And, and by the way, I don't. I'm not. I'm no doctor, but does that get fixed at any point during the season? Like, does that mm-hmm. ever get better? Can you just keep playing through that mm-hmm. and it's it will heal while he keeps playing? And he took a lot of shots in that game too. It's a bad situation there. But at least their defense is awesome. And this Panthers team is straight <laughs> garbage. Like, they look terrible, uh, even against the Giants. Yeah. Like, they they gave the ball away a couple times on fumbles. Their offense just um, can't move the ball. Baker Mayfield isn't good. Let's just be honest about that. DJ Moore is a very good receiver, but they don't really. Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. had, the, you know, a, a good year or two. I don't think he's anything special. And then uh, their slot receiver is either a rookie or second-year mm-hmm. guy. Shy Smith has kind of been a disaster, too. Icky, Iguanu. Uh, their starting left tackle, who they took sixth overall or something like that uh, in this year's draft. He's been, um, he's coming along, like he's going to be a work in progress in pass pro. He can run block, but in pass pro, he's he's kind of a mess. So for now, he's either going to have to get a lot of help or they're just going to suffer with him at left tackle. It's just not a good, it's just not a good team. Matt Rule is going to get fired. It's inevitable at some point this year. And that's a team that I just won't pick under any circumstances. So give me the Saints minus two and a half. I have the okay. Panthers dead last in my power rankings. They're just, they're the worst. Maybe they're not necessarily the worst t- talent or whatever. Like, 
and I, they could be, but the vibes are terrible. The all-time low vibes team, and like the vibes are awful. Yeah, Matt Rule is a dead man walking. Ben <laughs> McAdoo, really, like he's gonna have the answers. Baker, just all of it is not good, and I don't like. You'd have to be crazy to bet on that team. I know the Saints have issues, like you highlighted, but. At least you can like be like, okay, but I like this thing or that thing. What do you like really about the Panthers on the whole? Christian like, McCaffrey's still there. Okay, I guess he's not hurt like, yet. At some point, probably will be. <laughs> but they haven't. They barely. Mm-hmm. It's been weird their usage of him. Like before, they just ran that guy into the ground. Now they're barely using him at all. So if the season ended today, which it does not, Jimmy, I checked the, and it's obviously very early. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But just for you know, a little context. The Eagles will be picking eighth overall mm. in the 2023 NFL draft. That's where the, the Saints oh, pick currently schedule, lines huh? up with the yeah strength of schedule and everything. It's a bummer because if they were zero and two, then they'd right? be, be, be picking like <laughs> one or yeah, like so. So that'd be pretty wild. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Saints as well. Two and a half. I just. I can't, I can't. Why would I put the Panthers Remember last when they traded for Baker? And I think you and I both had this sense. take. We we're like, oh, well, he's better than Sam Darnold. Maybe he, maybe somehow the Panthers steal a game from them mm. this year. And they still could, I guess. But I don't see it. No. And, you know, uh, I think when they traded for him is relevant, too. Yeah. It's like later in the game. So, you know, not that like that would fix everything, but it doesn't help. Uh, all right. Let's shift to Monday Night Football this week after it was an NFC, one NFC East team last week. It's the NFC East matchup between the undefeated mm-hmm. New York football giants. Football is back, baby, in New York, North Jersey. Uh, the Giants are one-point favorites against the Cowboys, who just – I I saw the score. I, so I was I was out doing hoagie dom, like I said last week, getting my hoagie dom. It was really good. And the game was on there at the, the bar, at the Bardo Cafe, where it's the host at. And I'm looking at the score, and I'm like, "Whoa, what? Like, how? Like, how is this game this score? Like, what is going on here?" And I could, I watched the game, and I, I still wasn't understanding how the Cowboys were winning that game, but they did, and it's a big win for them as they try to tread water until Dak gets back. Um, I have to take the Cowboys here because for as much as uh, Dak being out is a big deal, Cooper Rush has been decent. I don't think he's good, but like, they can win with him. They've done it now against the Vikings last year and the Bengals this year. And Micah Parsons really isn't an answer for him right now. I think he can take advantage of a fumbling quarterback in Daniel Jones and a Giants offensive line that certainly uh, has some vulnerabilities to it. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think it's clear to me. You can weigh in on this too if you want. I think, like, obviously, you should be rooting for the Giants to win this game, right? They'd be three and zero, but the Cowboys are still I, I would, yeah in the rooting guide uh, coming up on you. You, you and I both do those. Um, I, I don't even think it's a debate. I, I actually saw that there was sort of a debate on which team is, is you know, the more ideal winner uh, for the Eagles perspective. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a debate at all. Like the Giants are, it's better if the Giants win this game. There, there's I no agree. question. You just want the Cowboys to go away. Like, so you just want them to, to dig a huge yes. hole for themselves for, for when Dak comes back. Because that defense is very good. Like they've played very, very good the first two weeks of the mm. season. For as bad as like that game went week one against the Buccaneers. Their defense kept them in it for like the majority mm-hmm. of that game. Um, if they they have gotten some like fluky play and gotten a touchdown out of it, like, they could have won, in theory won that game. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously their their offense yep. was just uh, atrocious in that game. And then week two, they feasted on a, what is still a very bad Bengals offensive line. Um, so yeah, I mean they're they're still going to cause problems for opposing offenses. 
Um, I don't, their firepower is just so weak on offense, but I don't think it matters because the best unit on the field Monday night is going to be the the Cowboys defense by far. Giants don't have much on offense. They don't have much on defense, uh, but that giant or, but that Cowboys defense is very good. This line was two and a half, by the way, and it came down to one. When I saw two and a half earlier in the week, I was like, I can't wait to take the Cowboys on that because they're going to win the game outright. And yeah, I'll take two and a half yeah. points too. It's down to one. Uh, so I was two will still take the Cowboys in this game uh, better if the Giants win. And I love that this game is on Monday night, by the way, so that we can just watch this game with no distractions, yes. you know, no other games going on and focus on this game because it will be sort of fascinating to see. Uh, we'll already kind of know um, if the commanders are any kind of threat at all by this point in the week, because we'll have seen them play against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially the Eagles could be three and zero, and the Cowboys could be, or excuse me, the commanders could be one and two. Or they could both both be two and one. Um, but if they're if the Eagles are three and zero and the Commanders are one and two, we can probably you know kind of go okay. Well, they're better than the Commanders, and then these are the other two teams in the NFC NFC East that uh, obviously can potentially compete uh, with the Eagles this year uh, for the division. And it'll be you know really interesting to see. I think either way, um, if the Cowboys lose and they go to one and two, it's a big hole to kind of make up. Especially given that, you know, we already kind of went into the mm. the idea that the Eagles are going to almost certainly be at least eight and two <laughs> after their first 10 games. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if the Giants lose, they're two and one and they just lost to a very depleted team. So, yeah, uh, I, I do love that this game is on Monday night and we can watch it in, in its entirety. Yeah, I think if the Eagles win and the Cowboys, uh, if the Cowboys lose, then yeah. it's like. Eagles are winning this division. Like that's, I think it's like it, because it's funny because the Giants will be three zero. Yeah. But again, they're gonna falter at some point. Assuming the Giants don't, if the Giants come out and they like blow out the Cowboys, okay, then I'm like, okay, that's a little concerning. Maybe that they're three and zero. I'm not expecting that. Uh, and I, the Giants are two and zero, but they also like have narrowly mm-hmm. beaten two bad teams. The Titans look terrible. Clearly, it's got destroyed by the Bills and lost to the Giants and missed a field goal game-winning field goal against the Giants. Um, so the Giants were fortunate to like, survive that one. And then they also beat a very bad, again, mm-hmm. a team I have like last in the NFL, a very bad Panthers team, and didn't like look good beating them too. It was a very sure. narrow game. Credit to them for pulling out those wins. I think, again, they're, they're going to be feisty and competitive, more so than they have been in the past, but they're not good by any means yet. Uh, looking at their schedule coming up, by the way, the Giants, they do have some more yeah. winnable games because oh, they, they play the Bears. They could start out 4-0. That is conceivable. But then they get like the Packers mm. in Green Bay. They play the Ravens after that. At the Jags um, isn't an easy the game Jags, anymore either, at I don't the Seahawks. think. Yeah, the schedule's not super. No. They the Lions. Like, so their schedule isn't tough, certainly, because you know, all these teams play the same teams for the most part. Um, but I do think the losses will come for them, and I, I think the Eagles, you know, no one got to be super concerned about them as a, a threat to win the division, but uh, yeah, it's a big it's a big week for the NFC East. No, Cowboys. F- so yeah. that we're both taking the Giants. Uh, or sorry, the Cowboys plus one. Yeah, I mean that's that's an obvious pick. I don't I don't you just can't give the Giants the benefit of the doubt quite yet. Um, moving us to the Eagles yeah. game, big line, Jimmy. Eagles six and a half on a short week for the Eagles. Short rest at the Commanders. I don't like that line either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big line. I I like the Eagles. To I don't win like this that game. line either. I like the. What would you say? Yeah. 
it's like that's a big line. I think it's actually good for the Eagles that it's that big. Yeah. It'd be concerning to me if it was lower. It'd be a little fishy. But I just don't know about their chances. It's a division game. They're like they tend to be tougher than you think. I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I do feel good about that. There's going to be a sea of midnight green at FedEx Field, relatively. Uh, fans are going to be on Carson Wentz. I'm not really concerned about Carson Wentz coming back to bite the Eagles because he's going to turn the ball over. I think Jalen Hurts is playing at such a high level. I have a, conf- a newfound confidence, really, in him and offense as a whole. I don't think Washington's defense has what it takes to stop the Eagles by any means, as we highlighted. I like the Eagles to win this game, very much so, but... I don't know. I just think it could be competitive, even if it's a freaking garbage time score. Uh, that kind of six and a half is a lot of points. So I'll take the commanders with the points, but I'll take the Eagles to win outright. Yeah. So when I woke up early on uh, Tuesday morning, I went to one of those sites where it has the lines for, you know, like half, you know, like 10 different uh, sports books or whatever. And some of them were like 6.5 and some of them were four. And I was like, that's a weird gap. <laughs> like, why are some of them four and one of them 6.5? And like an hour later, they were like all 6.5. So I guess some of them just hadn't adjusted to what had happened Monday night. So that told me that like the line basically jumped from four to 6.5 after the Eagles did what they did to the Vikings on Monday night. Um, so, yeah, the perception uh, among, you know, gambling sites is that the Eagles very much improved their uh their sort of status uh after their monday night well, obviously they did because we they just crushed uh the vikings on monday night so 6.5 is still way too rich rich for my blood uh i think the eagles are going to win this game i think they match up really well in a number of areas that, that we already mentioned i think they can eat over the middle against these linebackers i think the cornerbacks haven't played well and they're good matchups for for the eagles receivers and then uh along the offensive line i think uh, they're a little depleted on the interior, and that's another. We, we, we they don't have any sacks so far. The Eagles this year, but you know, as I mentioned earlier, Hargrave made a play that led to a pick. Mm. Tui made a play that led to a pick. What's that? That's not true. And Cox I didn't a, say any. A many. I what said do you mean many, they don't have any sacks? They had, sacks. A, they had a yeah. half a sack. Um, oh, and, and sorry. Gotcha. Another example. Cox made that play as well. So um, they, they've gotten three big plays from from the interior yep. of their defensive line. So. Um, they are. I think they are playing well enough uh, on the interior for for what they're for the resources that that they've pumped into that unit, and uh, they need to have another big game here against uh, Washington and make some plays against a quarterback that is prone to putting the ball on the carpet. So um, yeah, give me the Eagles to win this game, and I think they'll win it comfortably too. Even though uh, ultimately I'll take the points, which would indicate, of course, I mm. think they're going to win by less than a full touchdown. Uh, but give me like <laughs> the Eagles on uh, in a game where where Washington gets like a backdoor cover. Okay. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I, you know, Wentz is going to be fired. This is more I think than that just works another against game. Him, by the way, he certainly wants to win this one <laughs> a lot. I will say yes, that could cause him to press, which is a, a big deal. But I think Washington as a whole, his teammates. I mean, maybe there's some juice there in terms of like, hey, we want to get Carson to win here. I mean, I don't know how much his teammates like him <laughs> down there. That was an issue here, but whatever. Um, there is certainly that angle to consider whether you think that works against or for them. It's up to you. Uh, the one thing I'll say that gives me pause and does make me want to take the points here. Got to see more from Jonathan Gannon. Can't just assume like, okay, yeah. one good week against the Vikings. The defense is fixed now. Everything is fine. I, I could see. And with Carson Wentz, um, you know, off to a decent start relative to him, at least pa- like passing volume wise. And mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin and Dotson, like those, those players we talked about. 
it could have some big days. And I think the Eagles can ultimately withstand that and win. But like it could be a game that maybe is a shootout a little bit and uh, it comes down to it at the end. So I, 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 ha- I have to take the points. I don't love doing that because I, I feel very confident in the Eagles right now. But I, I just it feels weird to me. I feel like that's just it's too many. I feel like this it's it's a lot. That's the thing. So if this game is at a neutral yeah. field, it's what Eagles minus nine and a half. That's about that's yeah. Like yeah. that's a lot of points. And the, the commanders, like I don't think they've been great any means, but they haven't been like pathetic. They haven't been like think about some of the lines this week elsewhere in the league. That's, that has to be one of the bigger ones, right? Like that's, Detroit might be good, by the way. <laughs> like and and that that game was you know aside from from what we mentioned what happened with the safety and then and then the subsequent touchdown like that was a pretty evenly matched game I thought otherwise and then I think the Jaguars are are better than maybe we gave them credit for entering the season and they beat that team week one so yeah this isn't like a terrible team by any but like when you look at like the NFC there are six or seven definitively really bad teams and I don't think they're among them. This is the biggest spread of any week three game, except for Jaguars Chargers. Yeah. So, but but like by half a point, their Jaguars Chargers are seven points. So like that's that's a big deal. And like okay, <laughs> like, it's on the road and it's a division game. I just it's it's a big number. But whatever. Okay. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? Yeah, I wanted to interview you about um, the Eagles press box food spread. Oh, that's right. What'd you think? So. I always start out by getting, you know, some of the snacky things they have on the snack table when I go into the press. I go into the press box, mm-hmm. I walk to my right, they have a snack table right there. Usually mm-hmm. you got like the soft pretzels there and they're back as like the real soft pretzels as opposed to the individually wrapped ones. So that was a nice little start there. Um they sometimes you get like like a batch that isn't Yeah. Like they're salty, salty on, on you know Monday what I mean? Night. It's kind of a bummer. Um salt levels. So like there was there was a right pretzel. Um they did it right. Uh, got a cookie. I feel like their cookies used to be better. I have to say the cookies aren't as good as they used to be. They're more like, I don't know what the word is. They used to be chewier. Now they're like more like McLean. McLean, I think had a good take on the cookies. He said they're, they're more like muffins. Than I was going to say cakey is the word I was going to use. So yes. yes yeah. Yes. So it's still a decent cookie, but they're not as good as they used to be. So that's a, that's a, you know, uh, a negative, uh, the spread they had was, Korean what, barbecue like short rib. Korean yeah. short rib. I thought that was pre- actually pretty. They had tortellini. That was pretty tasty to me. I like that. And uh, then they yeah, had some kind of uh, bruschetta chicken. chicken. I thought that bruschetta chicken was solid. It wasn't like great, but I, I like. I enjoyed it. It was. It was. I wouldn't. I'm not raving about it. But it was fine. And I, I thought the tortellini was actually good. Um. So if I had to grade it, and then I usually get like uh after I get the main course, I try a little bit of each of the main courses, but I'll usually go up, back up. Uh, and get some of the other uh, hoagies. I usually get like one turkey, like a slice of a turkey hoagie, and one slice of the Italian hoagie because I think it's just a nice little. How uh, are they, by the way? There. I don't think I've ever even bothered trying those. I think they're decent. They're quality. I mean, they're like, they're fine. They're not like you know anything to write home about, but they're. I think they're a nice uh, nice addition <laughs> to any well balanced <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> uh, and then after the game, what was this? I I felt like I felt robbed. I know the post game Stromboli <laughs> is one yeah. not that great and two not that good for you. And you just feel but you like, feel bad about yourself. They put it away so early. I went too. to go use the bathroom. <laughs> you do feel bad about yourself. I went to go use the bathroom like after we got up from the press box. And by the time I had got out, I wasn't I felt like I wasn't even in there that long. 
they were like already tossing it or taking it away. I get it's a late game. It's Monday, but like, what the heck? Like I didn't even get a chance to get any. So uh, I thought, I think the service people there usually do a great job. <laughs> Obviously I'm not trying to be like you and How dare crap you. all over service people, but that was like a tough look. I thought, um, so overall grade, I'm going to have to say they could have done better. Could have been stronger work, but it wasn't bad by any means. So I can't go below average. I'm going to go like, I'm going to give them a B minus. What about you? Well, so they're the workers there. I don't think they really have much to do with the quality of the food. It's just one of these food service companies that. So yes. like their perf- it's not like yeah, their I, performance yeah. is bad or good or whatever. Well, unless they're like, I don't know, like. Are they heating anything though? Or they, well, I'm going to save my grade for attending to the food. My, the I don't know. Press, I haven't written my press box food spread review yet. I just wanted to get sure. your thoughts because I was I was I was going to you know quote you uh, in in my in my food spread me? review. You got upset last year when I did get you okay. in there last year, didn't I? Or no? I don't think you did because you don't go to the road games. Uh, are you going to Washington, by the way? No, no. Okay. Are you going to New York? Juice is never worth this. A little peek behind the curtain. Juice is never worth the squeeze for me. One because. Um, yeah, like travel expenses aren't always covered for me. So and number two, especially for, you know, flights and stuff uh, Two, the time suck. Like I can just get more done like the the, the travel just. Yeah, I get that. That's dating terrible, too. Like the, the, you can't even the, the view. The view is the view is just straight garbage from the press box. Also, yeah. Why would I go there? <laughs> as as you had Mike Quick say on the podcast here when he interviewed in the summer, like they don't go. So why am I going to go if they're not going? They don't, right. Yeah. Merrill and Mike are sitting this one. They're, they're, staying, they're covering the game from home, which is, I mean, not a terrible idea, but it's crazy that they actually go to that length where they just don't go. Um, you you missed the chicken fingers, by the way, at halftime. Mm. Those are okay. Eh, I'm not the biggest fan. I don't I, halftime. I'm usually busy, so I don't always get up there. They have, they have usually what the chicken fingers and, and, the hot, hot, dogs. and gross hot dogs. Yeah. Hot dogs are, they're okay. They're fine. Are they are they anywhere near like the dollar dogs that you had? The ten. I thought the dollar dogs are actually pretty. Like for a dollar, they're pretty decent. Okay. Like, it's a, it's a, like for what you're expecting out of a dollar dog, I've had worse hot dogs that I probably paid more money for. Baseball hot dogs are baseball stadium hot dogs are usually pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Strong work by the Phillies. I think I think it was like fifty thousand around there. Total oh, that, dogs that they sold that sold. Although I saw some screenshots, shout out to, to Kyle uh, Pagan from Crossing Broad, who like was tweeting out screenshots of he was at the game and he was the one who like pushed for the Phillies to have this dollar dog night. The count was somehow going down. <laughs> he kept like posting pictures <laughs> and somehow. So I don't know how that was. They were return. People were returning the hot dog for more like throwing them up or something. I don't know how that works. Speaking but, of hot dogs and Washington, by the way, one of my first experiences there was uh, I guess when you first went into the press box, there was like a check-in table where you had to say, I'm here, which I've never seen before in any yeah, press box. Weird. And then they, at, at that point, they would give you a ticket that you would use to redeem at halftime for your food. That feels so demeaning. So here's your little ticket. <laughs> so I didn't have my ticket because I didn't check in. And at halftime, I waited in this long ass line and they just have boiled hot dogs. Like it was whatever garbage spread they had. And I don't want to need a ticket was, was boiled hot dogs at this game in 2014 or 15 or whatever it was. And uh, I went up and they're like, where's your ticket? And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and they're like, you need a ticket to get uh, food. I was like, well, um, where do I get that? And they're like at the table over there. I'm like, so I got to I got to go over there. And I got to wait in the long line again. I mean, you can't just. 
I can't just get my boiled hot dog and get on with my and go back to work. And they're like, no. <laughs> so I was like, all right, forget it. I don't need, I don't need, I'm just skipping the hot dog. I don't want your hot dog. <laughs> I want your hot dog anyway. Uh, this is before I did press box food. This is before I did food reviews. They would have so gotten insane. They would have gotten would crushed for that. But... Why would you need it, Jimmy? Why would you pot? Like, <laughs> are they worried about someone yeah, like you go back for eating... second hot dog, <laughs> <laughs> like five hot dogs? But that was the point. Like, you weren't allowed to go back for for seconds. Is is sort of the point, and that's right. You look at these franchises, and like that is the sign of a garbage. That's Dan yes. Snyder. It's a that is a sign of a trash organization. He can't go back for a saving? second boiled hot dog. What do you like? What money are you really saving versus <laughs> right. you're pissing media off? Like it's just not. How is that worth it at all? Right. Like what money could you possibly be saving by not letting someone have two hot dogs? I want to go back for like a, some more uh, chip, potato chips. Nope. Yeah. You need to take nope. it. Sorry. Can I get a refill of my water? No, you need a ticket. Sorry. Refill. <laughs> is that true? I don't, know. I don't know. It probably <laughs> is there. Um, that's a disgrace. It's so it's sad. Um, sad for us people, media people who cover the game. That's right. We're not getting our how hot dogs they? and coke. As how Peterson once how said. dare they not feed us filet mignon every <laughs> like like the Cowboys? <laughs> that's the do. thing. It's not even like really nice, like a nice you know piece of food. That like are expensive. It's a freaking hot dog. Yeah. And I need a ticket for this. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so nuts. Um, all right. So that's our final thoughts for this week. Eagles can go to three and If they beat the commanders and be in a really good spot, they'd be underrated to me in terms of like it's not just what your record is, but like the value of your wins and losses in terms of Eagles will be three and oh in the NFC as a whole, with the NFC record if they win this game. Um they already have currently a nice little tiebreaker over Washington in terms of the common games uh, one with the Washington losing to the Lions and the Eagles beating them. So if it comes down to that, that's a nice little uh, card to have in your pocket, if you will. Obviously, beating the commanders will give them the head to head and the, boost them to one and zero in the division. Um, which if the Cowboys lose, they'd be zero and one in the division, zero and two in the NFC as a whole. Uh, because they're currently, they have the one win over AFC team. Giants are what one and zero in the NFC win over the Panthers. Also, the win over the Titans, and then the Commanders only have one win right now, and that is with an AFC team as well. So, like less valuable win. So, um, maybe that's all obvious, but I always like to think about those extra things because the tiebreakers can come and play. Uh, so, yeah, let's. Uh, why not? Why not another Eagles win? That would be good for the podcasting, yep. and the discourse, and and then. Also, keep those world page views the pumping, lose. baby. That and also the world where the Eagles lose to Carson Wentz could get ugly. <laughs> right. Not not might, might not look too pretty, but uh, we will see how it goes. All right. BGN Radio 276. I'm Brandon Lee Gouton at Brandon Gouton on Twitter and Instagram. Check my work out at bleedinggreennation.com. Jimmy Kemsky at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram. Check out his work at phillyvoice.com. You want to check out Righteous Felon. Craft Jerky at RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order right now until the end of the month. You want to use RoachRealtors.com to contact Kristen Roach, or you can call or text this phone number. 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, we will be having more coverage for you here at on the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed, so make sure you subscribe 
we'll get to reading some ratings and reviews. Well, we can't read the, the five-star rating other than that it is a rating. But read some, lead some reviews so we can read those. Check out all the other podcasts we have going on, including the post-game show you want to tune into. It goes live right after the game on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. You can check it out there. Also, Jimmy, the SB Nation NFL show where we will not only be talking about the Eagles Commanders game, but all of the week three games except for Thursday Night Football. We will react to Thursday Night Football. It's the SB Nation NFL show, The Look Ahead with me, RJ Ochoa from the NFC East Mixtape as well, and Rob Stats Carrera. That's a fun one. People are having a good time listening to that. So check that out as well for your national discourse that we can get to. Uh, and I think that's it. So we will talk to you next week after the Eagles are 3 0. We'll see. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.